Here we go! And so it begins indeed. Thank you, Kosh. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Quest for Pixels News Roundup. I'm your host, the man with all the disappointed stares, Mike BC, and this week I am joined by a woman whose name sounds a lot like a Nintendo character, the rubber llama herself, Katie Birdo. Katie, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. How's your week been? Um, it's been really, really crazy. Um, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I'm with my two-year-old and my six-month-old all day, and they just put me through the ringer every day. <laughs> so you have a full-time job is what you're saying? Yes, I do, and it's crazy every single day. So this week, they really, like, made me question, like, <laughs> why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> So how about you? How How's your week been? Uh, well, it's been equally crazy, not because I've been staying at home, but because I live in Las Vegas, and so it's been really hot, and uh, I've had to leave the house every day instead. Um, and so I have been trying, though, this week to get through some movies, our discount theater out here, which shows movies that are just about to go out of the theater for like two bucks. Um, has been showing some really good movies this week, so I managed to get to see Ready Player One and Black Panther and Wrinkle in Time. Uh, and then today I found online Thor The Dark World. Uh, so it, it's been a really crazy movie week for me on top of working and everything else. So uh, it's just been a really busy week for me too, um, but a good week. Uh, have you been playing anything interesting this week? Um, my husband actually picked up Mario Tennis, so we were just um, playing that actually, and I suck. I suck so bad. <laughs> but I feel like that's because he's had time to like practice and like play it for a little bit, and I haven't yet. So when I or... versed him just now, he just totally owned me in like five matches. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that you're playing Mario Tennis though. I mean, let's not yeah. count that out as a possibility. <laughs> I mean, I've never really, like, been a fan of tennis or any, or I just, I haven't. I get way too into it, and I'm always, like, right on top of the net, and that, like, really, like, hinders my ability to play. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, I've been playing Shin Megami Tensei, Strange Journey Redux, almost exclusively. I'm really almost just done with this game. I'm a little bit more than halfway through, but I'm I'm just it's just <laughs> such a massive game is the problem, uh, and I have other things I need to be playing for the channel, so I really I'm I'm just about done with this game. Um, mm. But let's go ahead and and get into the news. The news is brought to you by Patreon.com/slash/Quest for Pixels. That's Quest the number four pixels. Where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support shows like Quest for Pixels Conversations, Quest for Pixels News Roundup, and our Pixel in Process on the stack. 
Alright, our first piece of video game news is kind of one of our more random news pieces that we like to start with. And that is that a new video game is going to allow you to drive on the surface of Mars. And is it you that I heard that really likes this kind of stuff? Yeah. <laughs> that was a completely happy coincidence, by the way. I did not specifically go out looking for NASA-related stuff when, when I was preparing the show notes. It just clicked in my brain about five minutes ago, in fact, that you really <laughs> like space and exploration, that kind of stuff. So is this something that you're interested in, this, this video game? Oh, yeah. And I honestly didn't even know about it until, like, I... <laughs> read like the link or whatever but i got so excited for it even though it's i don't know i'm just i'm really excited about it and i definitely think that that's something that i'm gonna try to check out just because you're exploring a rover on mars and that's just so cool to me <laughs> right so the name of the game is actually called red rover and it, it uses imaging from nasa's high rise um which is the mars orbiter and it's only five dollars and if you have an oculus rift um you can probably afford five dollars just saying um but it supports the oculus rift too for even more uh immersive experience um, and this comes from discover magazine their online blog is where we're getting all this information from uh, i'm not the biggest space exploration person. I'm really more of a sci-fi kind of a person, and space just kind of happens to fall into that category a lot of times, but I'm really interested in this, and for $5, I would definitely try it out. Any other thoughts on, on this? I just really like that um, it does use, like, the... Um, the tower from NASA to map it out and I like that it kept like the original names for the different areas um, oh yeah it's definitely an for, educational yeah. tool so it's not it's not just purely for entertainment in, in that sense yeah so I'm, I'm excited for it I mean it's you're like I said you're on a rover and you're like taking samples and you know that, that's just nerdy stuff that I really like <laughs> Well, cool. Let's go ahead and get into our Microsoft news. It appears that Microsoft is no longer interested in VR. And this is something that was uh, really touted a lot when they first rolled out the idea for the Xbox One X, which was back then codenamed the Scorpio. They kept talking about, we're going to support high-end VR. And so... Uh, this comes from The Verge. Um, it looks though like now they're kind of backing off that and uh, Phil Spencer said they had an over exuberance in their early VR plans and the market has grown more slowly than they imagined. Um, of course Sony still is going on with their plans for VR but they already have a big peripheral design specifically for VR so they would kind of need to justify having that I, I don't know I, I kind of agree that VR has not been what everybody expected it to be so why continue to chase that carrot but but what do you think about this yeah I I've never 
been really into the whole VR thing. Like when I heard about it, like when it was first coming out, I was like, oh, you know what? That seems like it would be pretty cool. But then like this, when you go to like Best Buy or whatever, you could like try like, um, like the simple games and stuff. And I just, I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. But like, eh, I wouldn't want to play video games like that. Um, and then they made like the video games like scary for it. Like I remember there was a few, um, I don't remember what the name of the video game was. I think it was it Resident Evil. No, I don't know. But it was it was scary. And I, was, I can't do that. Like I'll give myself a freaking heart attack. <laughs> like, I already I already don't like scary things. Like I don't want it in my face. And I feel like even if it was like a space game or something where I was like going through space, like, I think I would just get like way too dizzy. And so I like we didn't buy it buy it or anything. And none of my friends or anybody has it. So like I see like, why they're kind of not interested in it anymore. So when I first bought my phone, it came with a Gear VR. And one of the coolest things to do back then was to go on YouTube and find the videos of people giving their grandmothers the VR set with the roller coasters loaded up. And (laughs) watch them, like, falling out of their chairs. And so I was expecting this really great you know, roller coaster VR experience. And the first time that you're on the roller coaster, you're like, oh, oh, oh. And then the second time you're like, okay, this is nice. My mother, on the other hand, though, you put her on one of these roller coaster experiences and every single time, she knows what's coming up. And she will still, like, scream and cover her face as if that's going to help. And... It's just so much fun to watch her on on the roller coasters. But uh, going to your to your scary games though, they they do have this one on the the gear called um, Face Your Fears, mm. and it's all just these experiences where you have a very specific fear that you have to face. And one of my biggest fears is is spiders. And the one for the spiders was so scary. There is a video online of me losing my crap. Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> because I was being recorded while I was sitting on the couch going through this. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then there's this one part where this spider came up from behind me and crawled oh. over my face. Nope. And when it was right there, I lost it. I had to and take no- off the helmet for a few minutes and regain my composure. And yeah, nope. <laughs> so there is a place in my life for VR, but I don't know that Microsoft necessarily needs to spend that much time with it because for what the kind of stuff that we're talking about right now, Microsoft doesn't need to invest their, that kind of money to do what a phone can do. Right. So anyways, uh, elsewhere in Microsoft news, a popular video game has been announced as being backwards compatible and it's on sale for the Xbox One from the Xbox 360 days and that's (laughs) Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. I know everybody wanted me to say 2 there but but no it's Modern Warfare 3. Um, I really liked Modern Warfare 3. Are you interested at all in the, uh, the, the Modern Warfare games? I didn't necessarily play them, but I watched my brother play them, 
and I was like, oh, you know, it's cool. It was one of those things that I just like to watch and not necessarily play. Um, okay. Yeah. I um, really liked the Modern Warfare games. I, I'm not the biggest Call of Duty fan, but I really liked the Modern Warfare games. Modern Warfare 2 being... And, and everybody says this, so it's not just me. Everybody says Modern Warfare 2 is the best of them. But Modern Warfare 3 had a really good survival mode, in my opinion. So I'm I'm kind of excited to know that I'm, I'm able to play Modern Warfare 3. I have to kind of see if I still have it or if I traded it in. Um, but... If they don't have it, it is 50% off for gold members until June 25th. Uh, so you can get it for 15 bucks right now. It's it's uh, and the DLC packs are all 33% off. Um, so they have not had as many big releases for the Xbox One um, backwards compatibility in in recent months, but this is a pretty good pickup for it. Of course, we'd like to see them have the whole trilogy, but we'll take what we can get, right? Yeah, and you have to start uh, somewhere. <laughs> and that's uh, GameSpot, by the way, for anybody keeping up with where we're getting our information from. It's a pretty light news week, by the way, y'all. It's, it's not going to be as heavy on I say that, but we're going to get to something later. <laughs> um, let's move on to our Sony news. I feel like we're flying through it today. Uh, Sony PlayStation 4 is starting a greatest hits lineup. Now they did this on the PlayStation 3. I never owned a PlayStation 3, but you can go into Walmart and just still see all these PlayStation 3 games with that big banner that says greatest hits on it. Um, and so there's a separate list if you're in the US versus if you're in the UK. And so it's important to note that the one for the U.S. only has 15 games. The one for the for Europe has a has a much bigger lineup. But the one for the U.S. is Bloodborne, Battlefield 4, Doom, Drive Club, Infamous Second Son, Killzone Shadowfall, The Last of Us Remastered, Little Big Planet 3, Metal Gear Solid 5: The Definitive Experience, Project Cars, Ratchet and Clank. Street Fighter 5, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, Yakuza 0, and Yakuza Kiwami. Uh, and then they have a bigger list. GameSpot has the entire list on their website for, for both US and UK. Um, I am cautiously optimistic about them doing this. Uncharted 4 for 20 bucks. That's that's a pretty good pickup. The, the thing that I'm concerned about is like The Last of Us Remastered for 20 bucks, not that big of a deal. I just bought The Last of Us Remastered for 10 bucks during the E3 sale. Yeah. And now I'm not sure that they're going to have a reason to put it on sale ever again. So, I mean, what do you think, though? Um, I think it's a really good idea. I'm actually, like, kind of ticked because... Um, Chris really wanted to play Doom when it first came out, but for whatever reason, he had like a back, I think it was he had like a backlog of like all these other games he wanted to play. Mm. So he didn't, so I think for Christmas, he had like Doom on his Christmas list and he finally got it for like this past Christmas and he played it and beat it and really liked it. So he, I guess he feels like he really missed like the hype train for it. 
but now that now Doom is on that list, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, I wish he would have just waited like a little bit longer and then, you know, I could have gotten it for 20 bucks instead of 60 right. or whatever I paid for it. So, but um, I think, I think it's um a really good idea, especially for people who have like backlogs and haven't like had a chance to get games yet that were pretty popular like that. Um, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I'm looking at this list again, actually. I'm thinking I, I didn't play Street Fighter V, and I didn't play uh, Metal Gear Solid V. So those are some games that would be good to pick up for 20 bucks instead of 60 as well. I, I just, I'm just i just concerned that some of these games might be coming down in price because of sales, and, and you're going to be able to pick them up for cheaper than 20 bucks anyways. But they are going to only add to these titles now that the lineup has started so there is some um, some criteria for how they choose the games and it has to be games that are at least two years old and it has to be that they are consistently lower than thirty dollars um, on sale to begin with so these are games that you can already find for thirty dollars or less pretty regularly anyways so which means if you paid sixty bucks for it six months ago yeah. sounds like you should have waited a little bit anyways yeah freaking amazon man alrighty where are we at Nintendo news because Sony had literally nothing else to talk about this week well they kind of did and we're gonna kind of do a little bit of crossplay here with Sony see what I did there I um, did <laughs> see because the first part of uh, Nintendo news that we have has something to do with uh, Microsoft and Sony as well and that is that Microsoft and Nintendo both teamed up for a new Minecraft ad. Now this is kind of starting to turn into a little bit of old news. We talked last week on the show about Sony's unwillingness to play nice with others, which is nothing new, um, but they're really driving home the point with this this new ad that they put out this week uh, for Minecraft's crossplay. When you watch the ad, you've got a, a Microsoft or Xbox player in a green shirt and a Nintendo player in a red shirt and their characters are both in the, the color-coded outfits as well and you can see in the ad Nintendo logos and Microsoft and and Xbox logos and it's just about play together explore together survive together but of course very conspicuously left out is Sony because Sony doesn't play well with others <laughs> um, so did you watch the uh, did you watch the video yeah mm -hmm. did, did, did it feel that I, I kind of wonder if it was really meant to be a dig at Sony but I just don't know how else you could take it at the same time like it's a dig <laughs> they, yeah they're making sure you know Sony's not playing well with them because they want to play with other players and they want other players to know that they're trying and and Sony's not there at all. Yeah. 
I I like the idea. Like I thought it was really hilarious. Actually, it reminded me of like the middle and younger child, like out of three children, and like the <laughs> baby and the middle child are like, well, we're playing together, and then like there's Sony, like the adolescent teen, like leave me alone, I'm in my room. You know? <laughs> that is great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh... And here's the thing, when you look at the tweet from Nintendo of America, um, they even have a, a tweet saying, um, hey Xbox, since we can play together in Minecraft now, did you want to build something? And it's just, <laughs> it, it's just so... And it's like a family feud, I love it. <laughs> um... And here's the problem, is that a former Sony executive recently even said that the issue comes down to the company want uh, wants to have it, the items that are bought on other platforms that they don't want them to ever be used on the... It really is just a, we want to be our own separate ecosystem. We don't want you to ever be able to do anything over here that you did over there. We want you to have to buy our products to play with your friends that are over here mm -hmm. and it's just it is just disgusting business practice if you ask me because it, there's no reason other than limiting the freedom of choice that we talked like I, I could rehash this again we talked so much about it last week already and and Sony is a uh, has has drawn their line in the sand and at this point if they even go back on that it's going to look like they did it just because the heat uh, yep. was turned on so uh, I, I really do like the uh, the tweet that was put out is a, a parody tweet of that whole survive together thing that Nintendo and Microsoft did and it just has PS4's logo with a blue screen that says survive alone <laughs> and it sucks too because like I love Sony like they gave me Spyro, you know, when I had the PS1. So I I don't know, but I do think that they're just being really ridiculous. And, and wouldn't it be great if Spyro made its way to the Switch and then they oh were making my money off of that? Yeah, I would die. I would love to play it on the Switch. I love the Switch. I, I, <laughs> I, I Think about that. I mean, if you've got $60 being spent on uh, Spyro for the PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. And then you've got somebody who doesn't own a PlayStation 4 but wants to play it. Now it's available on the Switch. You're making more money. Yeah. I I just don't understand the the thought process there that you wouldn't take a popular franchise like that. It's not like we're talking The Last of Us. It's not like we're talking um, you know, Metal Gear Solid. We're we're talking about Spyro. I mean, even Crash Bandicoot's going to come over to the Switch, but is Sony being Sony. So yeah. it probably will never happen. And that's sad. Alright, elsewhere in Nintendo news, we know that the Nintendo Switch has been a massive success for Nintendo, and uh, it's it's reversed a lot of the problems that Nintendo's had because of really 
bad decisions like the Wii U. Um, but the question that a lot of people has asked is, how has one console been such a big success? And, and the answer is, it's really not that one console has been this massive success. Uh, the Verge has an article out right now that says a more unified Nintendo is the secret to the Switch's massive success. And, and basically, the the article says that five years ago, Nintendo made an internal change that at the time didn't seem all that important. And what they did basically was previously they had two development divisions, one for the Wii U that focused on all their uh, their home console uh, development and one for their handheld devices like the 3DS. Now, this tells me that five years ago they already kind of knew which direction they were going to go with with the Switch. But mm -hmm. they basically took both divisions and merged them together so that they had uh, one development team working on everything that Nintendo was doing. So that allowed them to share uh, resources, it allows them to share um, their ideas, and, and makes it so that things like what the Wii U suffered from, like huge gaps between their major games, that the Switch wasn't going to suffer from the same problems. Now, the 3DS is currently suffering from that problem and it's because they're focusing more on the Switch than they are the 3DS and I think that's just a sign that at some point the 3DS is going to eventually die but they want the Switch to be in a better position for the 3DS to die before that happens um, which is why it's getting a nominal amount of support right now um, but this was a uh, this was very interesting to me because it, it told a different story than the one that The Verge actually was trying to tell. Like I said, it, it tells me that five years ago, before they ever even announced that the NX was a thing that they were working on, it tells me that they had already made plans to merge uh, home console and handheld consoles into one device. I don't know, what do you think? It definitely sounds like they were kind of thinking about leaning towards something like that um, because you're right, the Wii U is just a flop. I had no interest in it whatsoever, but I do love my 3DS. I love it. And then I think that's why I like the Switch so much because it's just like a bigger version. And even when um, I'm playing games on my um, Switch, I like having it all together as like one unit. like. Chris, my husband, he likes to play it like on the TV and like use the Joy-Cons like separately. But I like to just play it as like its own thing. Like I'll play it in bed or, you know, wherever. And he's like, no, see, I like playing it on the TV and doing this and that. And I'm like, yeah, no, see, I like it like that. So I, I do like how they came together to like make something like that where you have the freedom to choose without having to like only play your DS or only play the Wii or, you know? Yeah, I I love my 3D uh, my uh, my Wii U. I have a 3DS as well. I, I really prefer home console experience. Um, the problem that I had with the Wii U is that the games just came out so far but far apart that in between games it just wasn't anything to play. Mm. Um, and so I was going back to the 3DS between between games, but you have so many consumers where 
they either had a 3DS or a Wii U. They didn't have both. Right. And uh, so you're talking about people who, if they had the Wii U, they probably also uh, were either disappointed in their gaming or they they had to go and find something else to, to do in between. Um, but in the first year and whatever, four months of of the life of the Switch, we've had a pretty steady stream of major releases, not to mention the flood of indie releases that the Switch has gotten. I mean, there has not been a shortage of games to play on the Switch, and I think this has been a major part of it, is that they are constantly developing something for the Switch. Yeah, I love that. They're doing that, too, because I love the Switch. <laughs> So, well, cool. Our last piece of Nintendo news is that there is a new accessory which allows for vertical play on a kickstand. So, they just released uh, Donkey Kong as a re-release from the original arcade version. Um for the Nintendo Switch and it looks like they might start to do an arcade archives collection and it's going to offer the option to rotate the display vertically but the problem is the Joy-Cons don't support you propping up your your Switch to do that um, the, the kickstand is just in one place so this new accessory will allow you to um, to flip it vertically and put it in tabletop mode and still play the arcade style. Um, this is called the flip grip. And it's just a single piece of plastic. It holds the Nintendo Switch vertically while the joy can't, while the joy cons, um, are still slotted at the sides. So... It covers the air vents of the consoles, but they claim that the air will still flow and that the operating temperature of the Switch does not increase significantly. Yeah, so. I would hope not because it's going to get real hot. <laughs> so, it's uh, not officially a product yet. It is currently on Kickstarter. It's uh, got a $42,500 goal and... Right now, a pledge of $12 or more will get you a flip grip, not including shipping, while a pledge of $24 or more gets two flip grips with free shipping. So, and it's supposed to come out in November, at which time the retail price will be $15. Is that something you are interested in at all? Yes and no. Like I think I think that's a fair price and every time somebody comes up with something like that, I'm like, you know, I wish I was smart enough to think of something like that <laughs> so then I could have all this profit. <laughs> um but I think that it's going to be obviously like you said cuz it, you know, helps you play when it's vertically like Tetris and I just I think it's going to be so great. Cuz I can't imagine playing Tetris like sideways. <laughs> I can't do it. 
So as of us recording this on Saturday, uh, the Kickstarter's completely funded. Oh, um, look at that! It's at seventy-two thousand of its forty-two thousand five hundred. Um, everyone else thinks it's a great idea too. <laughs> so it's only got two. It's only got two pledge uh, amounts. You can do. The twelve dollars or the twenty-four, and uh, then it still has sixteen days though. So you've got you've got plenty of time still to to back this if you are interested in getting a flip grip. Uh, I will put the description. I'll put the Kickstarter into the description for today's episode so that you can. Uh, you can support it and get a little discount on the flip grip if you are interested in doing so. Well, alright. That will do it for the news. Let's go ahead and get into our mailbag item for this week, which is actually a bonus news item. That's right, I didn't forget. I know everybody that pays attention to video game news is like, how can you have missed the most important news item for video gamers of the entire week? No, I didn't forget. It's just that we wanted to make sure to spend a little bit more time on uh, this week's episode talking about uh, the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization has classified, quote, gaming disorder, or what that means, <laughs> as a mental health condition. I suppose in my reporting just now I have already given my opinion about how I feel about this but let's go ahead and and uh, talk about what this actually means um, there is a international classification of diseases that the they put out every so often the 11th edition of it is out as of uh, June 18th and this was um, where this came in now this is not necessarily a new news story this was something that the World Health Organization said they were considering at the beginning of the year it was not a for sure thing though until just this week when they decided to go ahead and do it. It came out on the 18th and so according to the World Health Organization no, nope, that's not the right page. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. There it is. Nope, that's not it either. This is a uh, great uh, radio right now. We, <laughs> we need elevator music. <laughs> I had it just a second ago, I promise. Oh, wow. My fingers were not in the right spot and that happened. Okay. So. Oh, maybe it was because I didn't have the word disorder in the... Oh, gosh. Okay. 
maybe. Okay. Also, the wrong thing. <laughs> Anyways. Go back to where I was at before. So, video games have been uh, added to like addictive substances, basically. Yeah. Is how this would read. And I think the article called it digital heroin. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. <laughs> like, what even is that? Seriously. <laughs> so, there are three major diagnostic features or characteristics of gaming disorder. One is that the gaming behavior, and this is directly from the World Health Organization, one is that gaming behavior takes precedence over other activities to the extent that other activities are taken to the periphery. The second is impaired control of these behaviors even when the negative consequences occurs. This behavior continues or escalates. And the third is that a condition leads to significant distress and impairment in personal, family, social, educational, or occupational functioning. So, um, let's go ahead before we, uh, before we we get into how we feel too much more <laughs> about this. Let's go ahead and 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 look at, at what the community thinks. We did this as our mailbag question this week. We just asked what other people think about the classification of gaming disorder as a mental health condition. And we had... Um, quite a few responses um, well we had a few serious responses and a few people who just wanted to be funny um, uh, Soda Mancer who's one of our our editors on the website says addiction can take many forms and there have been many instances of people dying over their addictions to gaming of course it should be recognized as an official disorder I also think that the current listing of 20 hours per week is not an indicator of a disorder. I agree with the last part of that, that, that 20 hours per week is not an, is not a good indicator of it being a disorder. Uh, Joseph says, like you and I spoke last night, because him and I had spoken the night before, he says, I think this minimizes people with legitimate gaming and addiction issues. Gaming two to three hours a day doesn't mean you have an addiction to it. It means you have a hobby. It's no different than someone who watches a movie each night or plays cards for a few hours. Instead of fabricating ludicrous addictions, let's focus on those who actually struggle with this. Obsessive behavior is bad no matter what you're obsessed with. Let's focus on that and not the games. Let's focus on the people who skip work or family events because they need to mine more ore in Minecraft or chase a chicken dinner. Not the person who plays an hour or two a night and then shuts it down. Uh, Tony from Quest for Pixels Conversation says, I have a working disorder because I work more than 80 hours per week and it's getting in the way of spending time with family and socializing. It's a true sickness. <laughs> and 
Uh, Skinny Matt says, you all know my feelings about the diagnosis. 20 hours seem too low considering that it's less than 3 hours a day. And video games already have a bad stigma attached to them. Joseph responded, yeah, it seems that the diagnosis is more about the games aspect and not why someone might actually be addicted to or have a legitimate health issue that just so happens to be exacerbated by games. 90, and Skinny Matt responds, not, uh, 99% of all addiction is caused by an underlying problem such as PTSD or depression. Joseph responds, yep, the problem here, at least in my opinion, could be wrong, is that it puts the optics on gaming or the bad side of video games instead of actually focusing on those underlying issues that might cause someone to sit at PC, bang, and play 20 hours of Diablo 3 straight or skip important things for one more turn in Civilization. Joel the Falcon says, I really feel like you could replace video games with something else like watching TV, football, movies, social media. Also, the World Health Organization is a standard that Europe goes by. If you are looking for foot talking points, uh, good talking points I think is what he meant there. Eric from the Nintendo Dads has a great video on this topic. So thank you for all of your responses. Do you have any thoughts on what they were saying? I do. Um, I forget which one said it, but one of them said he can see how it could be a problem when, you know, you are, like, home and you're, like, not going out to events and, you know, stuff like that. I can kind of see how that would be something, but then again, like, I wouldn't classify that as something being with, like, the video game. I feel like it would be, like, covering up an underlying issue, like, social anxiety. Like, maybe he doesn't, or whoever's playing, like, doesn't want to go to that event because maybe they have social anxiety or whatever, and they're just kind of hiding behind a video game as, like, a shield. But I honestly don't feel like this should be any type of a disorder um, or anything. Like, it's no different, like, who somebody else said that. It's, it's no different than having another hobby, like, oh, well, I'm going to spend however many hours on the boat fishing because that helps me relax after like a long days of work or whatever. I don't, I just don't see the difference. And fishing isn't a disorder, you know, like, right. I don't, I don't see how it's anything. And, and then there's like parents that were asking um, that news site, like, oh, well, what should I look out for? My son's gaming all the time. What should I do? And it's, it's like, well, there's no prescription, but you need to look for the signs. And it's like, okay, it's a disease, but yet you can't treat it unless you're, like, unplugging, like, your systems and throwing them away, which is ridiculous. So I just, I think the whole thing is just, they just needed attention or something. I don't know. <laughs> so they, like, put it out there. Here's my problem is that this is about obsessive behaviors, and you really could, just like what, what Joel was saying, is that you could really insert into this conversation a number of different things. The issue isn't the video games. The issue is the underlying problem that causes the obsessive behavior. Mm -hmm. And for them to have made it so much about video games is what's wrong. Yeah. Um, and video game addiction is a very real thing, but the problem is treating it is the same way that you would treat any other kind of addiction. You would, you know, if you have somebody who's an alcoholic, yes, you remove them from their alcohol. 
Mm-hmm. You, you make sure that they get the treatment, the, the rehab that they need, and and you move on. But you, you don't sit there and stigmatize alcohol for an entire segment of people who enjoy alcohol every day. There, mm-hmm. There's no mental health condition um, called alcoholism. Alcoholism is not classified as a mental health condition. <laughs> it's yeah. just part of addiction. It's, it's something that is is dealt with on a person-by-person basis. Can this person handle having alcohol, or can this person not handle having alcohol? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here's the problem, is that um, alcohol and gambling are uh, mentioned in the ICD-11 uh, as well not as mental health condition, but just in their list of diseases. And when you look at the gambling side of it, the terminology for gambling is almost identical to that for gaming disorder. And it's like they could have just taken out, again, gaming and put in anything else that you could be addicted to. And it's not helpful to take, um, you know, to take gaming and just make an example out of gaming. Let's let's stop focusing on what people are addicted to, and let's just focus on the compulsive behaviors that are making people get addicted to things in the first place. Why does this person have this compulsive behavior? Let, let, let's focus on that instead of stigmatizing an entire segment of our population. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just fueling the fire uh, for people who who enjoy video games. This is fueling uh, for, for people who rather who this fuels the fire for people who like to um, stigmatize that. We have people who already want to blame video games for every violent act that happens in this country. We've got people who are um, ready to to say that video games, are causing their kids just to not interact with anybody anymore. Uh, my own wife, who deals with uh, a lot of mental health disorders, she she doesn't see anything wrong with this either, and it's because she doesn't understand video games. So she's ready to just say, yeah, let's go ahead and blame video games for a mental health disorder. And, you know, I would have thought, going into this week's show, that she would have been more ready to say, yeah, this is stupid as somebody who deals with mental health, but because she doesn't like the video games as much as I do, and um, because she's so um, ready to to blame video games for a lot of the problems that happen in our house sometimes, mm-hmm. it just it just fueled the fire for her instead. And that's all this has done. Um, I, I just... Even when you look at uh, mental health professionals, mental health professionals aren't ready to, to jump on board with this even because they think that it really hurts people who are dealing with mental health disorders. Like, mm-hmm. minimizes what they're actually going through. So, I don't know. I, I, I have, just... Uh, I have um, I struggle with mental health as well. Like, I have um, ADHD, ADD. Um, I have... I suffer from anxiety like crazy um and i a couple years ago i was diagnosed as like a um 
like chronic depressed or whatever, which nobody would ever know, like if they're talking to me or anything, but it's just one of those things that it's mental just because you can't Mm -hmm. see it, you know, doesn't mean that it's not there. And um, I feel like you have to kind of understand like anything, like if you were to classify um, like gaming disorder, then I feel like you would need to understand gaming. If you want to classify like depression, then I feel like those around you need to understand like like why you game or what's going on in your head. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, like I feel like you brought up something that said sometimes in your household video games cause like some uproar um, or problems but I'm one, I feel like I'm one of those moms because I have kids now. Like, I don't, like, Harley, my daughter, she's two, she loves playing on her tablet. Mm. But I don't let her play on it all day. I'm like, okay, you're on, you're on your tablet, and then that's fine. But now let's go play outside. And she has no problem, like, switching, you know, back and forth. But I also feel like if it was time for dinner and she was playing a game and she was like mom i can't pause right now then like i that's something i would totally understand i'd be like okay hurry up and finish this part and then pause your yeah. game you know but moms and dads and whoever because i grew up with that my mom would be like turn it off pause it whatever and i'd be like i can't right now like i'm gonna lose all this progress that i just I did have and not would, gotten to a save yeah yet. and then she would just come <laughs> in and just turn it off and it would drive me nuts like, well, um, now I'm going to have to do that six hours over again. I know. I'm like, great. Well, now I'm just going to sit here again because you didn't listen to me the first time, you know? Um, so, but I still just, like you said, I feel like it's why are they having that compulsive behavior towards it? You know, because it's not, it's true. Video games are really expensive um, depending on how many games you buy. Well, like if you have every system you know, whatever. So I can see that that's kind of like compulsive, like, oh, I didn't buy my mom a Mother's Day gift because I really had to buy myself a Switch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have done that, you know? But I just, I don't know. I just, I still don't see it as like an actual like mental health thing. And like, I think it was Skinny Matt who said video games already have like a bad stigma attached to them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I remember my mom was like, when I met my husband, she was like, oh, what do you guys like to do? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I like we like to go to the beach. Um, we like to go to the movies, whatever. And we also like to, like, play video games together. And she, like, kind of looked at me like, oh, of course. <laughs> you found yourself, like, <laughs> someone who loves video games. And I'm like, yeah, I did. And it's fantastic, you know. But it doesn't, like, rule our lives, I guess. That's so awesome. maybe that's why, like, I haven't, I can't see, like, that side of it because I had, like, and my group of friends, people who play video games and stuff, I haven't seen it like completely dictate their lives. But at the same time, um, there's been days before I had kids where if I had a Saturday off and I didn't feel like doing anything, I would like pop in my pizza rolls. I would have like my two liter of Mountain Dew <laughs> and I would just play video games like all day. And it was like the best. And I would like go to the bathroom and that's it. <laughs> you know, like that was, it was great and obviously i can't do that anymore because my priorities have changed but like again like i don't see anything you know i don't know maybe if you do that like all day every day you do literally anything else but i don't know 
See, and on the ABC report about this, when I was watching that, um, they had a guy on there who said that he was married, he had kids, and yet he was in his basement for 18 hours a day playing video games. And mm-hmm. it nearly wrecked his marriage. It nearly broke up his family. He had to go into a, a rehab facility, and, and now he's he's not playing video games anymore, and he's he's gotten his life back on track. But... So I, I think that there is a place to talk about, you know, legitimate video game addiction where it has gotten to the point where it's destroying your life because you're making the decision mm-hmm. to do video games over things that are actually important. And I can remember, like, uh, having a roommate once who he played World of Warcraft and he would come home from <laughs> work and he would walk in the door... Um, and he had, uh, he had, uh, a wife and, and a couple of kids and, um, he would walk in the door, take off his shirt and sit down at the computer. He didn't say hi to his wife. He didn't say hi to his kids. He didn't, um, I was, I was okay with him not saying hi to me. I didn't, I didn't care so much about yeah. that, but, but he didn't say hi to anybody is the <laughs> point. And he would just come in, take off his shirt, sit down at the computer. And that was about five or 6 PM. And nobody could talk to him for the rest of the night because he's playing World of Warcraft. And sometimes I'd go to bed 11, 12, he's still on the computer. I'd wake up and sometimes he would still be on the computer the next morning. And then he'd finally go to sleep for like two or three hours before he had to go to work. And Mm -hmm. then he'd get up, go to work, come back home and do the same thing all over. And he'd do that day in, day out. And so I, I can... I can understand when your gaming gets to be so much where you can't control yourself, but at the same time, it's it's taking over more of your life than it should take over. Yeah, because I feel like they're like so in like submerged in like their online like persona. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so cool. Like, I love World of Warcraft. Like, I love being a hunter in that game. Like, that is my shit right there. Like, I love being a hunter. Um, so I can see that, but I also feel like like the guy who would just like play 18 hours a day and not talk to his like wife and kids. Again, I feel like that's something else going on, and he's just like, like, are you not happy? Like when you get home, like, are you that like something? I feel like there's some. I feel like it's not only like a like standalone video games, but I feel like it's hand in hand with something else that's underlying that hasn't been like. Absolutely. No, yeah. abs- absolutely. Um, Diagnosed yet. And, and I, I think, uh, ooh, I'm about to use a Dr. Phil reference here, but <laughs> the, the, the addiction is a behavior. It's, and, and when, whenever you take away that behavior, you have to replace it with, um, with a different behavior. Right. And, and so this is where I have a problem with the World Health Organization doing gaming disorder as a mental health condition is because gaming addiction at its core is a behavior. So you still do have to look for where is the core problem and deal with that too. Yes, it's fine to deal with the behavior, mm-hmm. but what caused the behavior? And let's deal with that. Yeah. Like what made you go down there into your basement for 18 hours? 
exactly like, why were you avoiding your kids like do you think you're not gonna be a great dad like do you feel not worthy you know like like you said there's there's something else it's not just video games and, and just i think that's just what that... they use as their escape like alcoholics alcoholics run to alcohol to avoid a bigger problem mm. and I, I think you can change the behavior and deal with some of the core issues at the same time but if you're not dealing with the issues that brought you to that behavior then you're just going to replace it with another negative re behavior at some point you might not do it right away but you're going to at some point yeah that's true well all right any other thoughts on the World Health Organization or their gaming no. disorder or no. their own disorders? Yeah. <laughs> well, tell people where they can find you. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my handle is at RubberLlama. It's like the, only and... one of the greatest Twitter handles in all of history. I know. I'm obsessed with llamas. They're literally my, like, they're just so great. I love them. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Katie Soleil, S-O-L-E-I-L. And that's that's pretty much it. That's where you can find me on the internet. So you mentioned in our pre-show, which is to say when we were talking on Twitter, that you had some issues recording this morning. What were you recording this morning? Oh, I was recording um, an episode for my podcast, which Wait. is um, Tantrums and Tequila. Tantrums and, and Tequila. Yeah, it's like a uh, mom life slash dad life because we have had our fair share of dad guests and mom guests on. And we basically just talk about like our week and what our kids put us through. And it's funny. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me like wanting to be on the show. So I'm really excited cool. about that. Now, how mm -hmm. long have you been recording this? Because I don't remember you talking about this when you were on We The Gamer Cast. Um, it was actually after... It was like two weeks after I think I was on We The Gamer Cast when I came up with the idea and then I reached out to my best friend to be my co-host because she has four kids. I have two and we literally always have something to talk about and then the idea kind of blossomed then. So we have six episodes recorded um, and only two have aired because they're going to air every Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So we have cool. more lined up. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm going to give it a listen. So yeah, is that uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the places? Both. Um, iTunes and Google Play. Mm -hmm. Okay, iTunes and Google Play, t tantrums and tequila. Yeah. <laughs> so go listen to that. Give her some love too. Thanks. And that's a uh, rubber llama on Twitter. And mm -hmm. is it is it Katie or Catherine Soleil? Katie, Katie, Katie Soleil. Katie mm -hmm. Soleil on Instagram. Yeah. All right, well, you can find me on Twitter at MikeBC1985. Of course, you can find the show at Quest for Pixels on Twitter. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch at Quest for Pixels Gaming. Of course, you can email us at questforpixels at gmail.com. Head over to the website, which is your hub for all of our gaming reviews and soapbox articles, questforpixels.com. It's been fun to have Katie uh, Birdo, who I literally thought was spelled like the Nintendo character, by the way, when I first heard her name. Yeah, that was I know. not I a joke. That. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week. Bye.